What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Tangents Podcast. My name is Dalibor. This is Alternate Ending. This is a segment where we talk about alternate endings to storylines, whether they be video games, television, movies, and, of course, comic books. This is the second installment of this, so I, uh, I did mention that I was going to talk about something very, very specific, but we have to start here in order to talk about the death of Joseph and the end of Magneto War, which happened in 1998-99. This is Fatal Attractions. If you don't know, this is one of the one of the biggest X-Men storylines in history. This is when Wolverine had his adamantium ripped out by Magneto. Huge event, huge moment, set off a chain event that would change how Wolverine is treated like a character. The fact that he had bone claws was something that was completely foreign. That was a brand new concept at the end of this. A lot of things came about because of this storyline. Long story short, Magneto comes back, offers mutants a safe haven on Asteroid M. He had in fact stolen Greymawkin, which was uh, Cable's old lair, and uh, used that as, as the new basis for Asteroid M. And that's where, you know, he was going to bring up all the mutants, and anyone that wanted to join him was welcome. And due to one of my two favorite and most emotionally impactful X-Men comics, due to the death of Ileana, Colossus takes him up on this, and he also goes up to Asteroid M. The X-Men get involved because they feel like, you know, Colossus was essentially kidnapped, like all these people are being forced into what they're doing, and, you know, they're not happy with this. I haven't read it in a while. I actually picked this up last year. Fun fact, I bought it in uh, in, in soft cover because it was cheaper, but it was missing, like, two issues for no reason. So, um, yeah, we've talked about this before on another segment, Panels on Pages, where... I do not like incomplete collections. Back to my original point of this. In response to Magneto ripping out Wolverine's skeleton, Xavier says, fuck this, I'm done with this guy. He's he's had it fucking coming for years and mind wipes him, just rips him apart, takes his brain out of the fucking equation entirely, leaves him a, a, a lifeless husk, basically. He's, he's alive, but he is not there. He's gone. You know, he's drooling on himself, literally. Like, there, there, there were shots over the, like, two, three years after this that showed him just, like, drooling on himself because he was just a vegetable. Colossus stays on Asteroid M to take care of him, to, like, protect him, blah, 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 because he still does not like the fact that Ileana died. Ileana dies of Legacy Virus, which was released by Strife, uh, but she, she dies essentially in the care of Xavier, and Xavier can cure her. You know, Xavier and Moira and Beast, none of them, none of them could do what was necessary to cure her, and, uh, you know, that doesn't go over well with the big guy. So he, he quits, stays on Asteroid M to take care of Magneto. Now, I would say... I would say, I don't know if they would say, but I would say as a direct result of the events in Fatal Attractions where Magneto really made a big show of force, put Xavier in a type of position. A couple years later, Legion, David Haller, if you watch the show, you know who that is. Xavier's son takes it upon himself to wipe Magneto from history because if there's no Magneto, his dad's like, you know, he's fine and he doesn't have any problems because Magneto is the cause of all his problems. He's not a well, he's not a well man. He's not a well guy. He's, uh, his, his, his mental process is not the greatest. But regardless, he takes it upon himself to go back in time, erase Magneto. Misses, hits Xavier, hence we get the Age of Apocalypse. Coming out of the Age of Apocalypse, we get a couple things going on. First and foremost, we have the arrival of several Age of Apocalypse 
escapees into the primary timeline. Uh, you have Nate Gray X-Men, the Age of Apocalypse version of Cable. You have uh, Dark Beast, which is obviously the Age of Apocalypse version of Beast. And a couple unique factors that only existed in the Age of Apocalypse, such as the Sugar Man, uh, which comes into play way later and a lot through Nate Gray's timeline and storyline. But more importantly to our story here in our conversation is Holocaust, AKA Nemesis. Now, the fact that they're going through the Emcron Crystal, Emcron Crystal being, I guess, a, I would even put it on the same level as the Infinity Stones. I would even put it on the same level as the, as the Infinity Stones. It's a core element of the universe. Uh, if you actually don't know, in the original Phoenix Saga, Dark Phoenix, or not, not, not the Dark Phoenix Saga, in the original Phoenix Saga, Jean Grey remade the universe from within the Amcron Crystal. The Amcron Crystal is a nexus of reality. Like, it is, it is, it is like, essentially the glue that holds it all together. And I feel like the the major, like the majority of Marvel writers don't know that. So when it's been brought up, it's like little stuff like dimension hopping, time travel, little stuff. But like in the original timeline, Deken was gonna rewrite the universe in his image. And uh, almost, it started essentially and Phoenix fixed it. it. Yeah, it's a lot, right? It's a huge, it's very much like Infinity Stone level power because of them traveling through the Age of Apocalypse version of that, uh, they all arrive in different time frames. Sugar Man lands in the past um, maybe 20 years. Beast lands 20 years in the past. Beast is kind of the reason the Morlocks are a thing. Uh, Sugar Man kind of is the driving force behind the Gene Geneers and the mutates of Genosha. Um, that's, you know, that like that to kind of have that little retcon was very interesting because they're you know the whole fight for mutant rights and mutate rights on that on that island is like a big factor in x-men history nate gray shows up in present day shows up in switzerland and nemesis also shows up in present day but he shows up on asteroid m and that doesn't go well because he shows up and faces off against exodus now in 616 marvel universe no one knows exodus's real name but in age of apocalypse they all called him by his real name paris dubinet and <laughs> nemesis shows up and he's like Paris, what are you doing here? And he's like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, who the fuck are you to know my name? I'll fuck you up. Uh, they fight. They take down the fucking asteroid M because, you know, that's what you do. That'd be the second time in three years at that point, four years. Uh, Colossus tries to protect Magneto. Uh, he puts him in an escape pod. He kind of braces himself in his own escape pod. And then when they land, he comes out and Magneto's gone. Now, that same month, or I think the month following in Uncanny, this happened in the X-Men book. So in Uncanny, that same month, a new guy shows up who looks like a 20-year-old version of Magneto. He shows up, amnesiac, doesn't know anything, and is named Joseph by a, uh, a, a sister, a, a nun. Like a sister. Uh, by a nun at a, I want to say it's maybe, mm, see, I'm going to say the place wrong, but I feel like it was, it was somewhere in South America. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like non-specific. But it was some, somewhere in South America. Uh, he, he was kind of on a. Uh, it was an orphanage, and she took over. She took care of orphans, and she just found him in the field, and he like looked all raggedy and old, and he looked like the Magneto we had seen fall from from Asteroid M, right? Because Magneto, you know, was not being. You know, nobody was like giving him a close shave. They were just like keeping the dude alive. So he looked like that, but then he shaved, and he's like twenty year old, and they're like, oh, we thought you were old and scary, but nah, you're just a kid. Like you're young. That turns out. After many, many years of nonsense, before I get ahead of myself, 
Joseph uh, goes off to try to search for kind of what he is, who he is, uh, meets Rogue along the way. She's like, oh, he's Magneto, but maybe he's repressed. So maybe we don't say the M word. Maybe we won't call him Magneto. Maybe he don't go crazy again. Uh, so she's treating it like a, a, a amnesiac thing, like for the good of mankind. Like he's lost his memory after the whole Xavier wiped his mind thing. Maybe this is for the better. Maybe we just like call him Joseph or treat him like a good guy and move on with our lives. He learns about his history. Uh, he helps out during the Onslaught event. Not much, but he does. And then after we come back to the, and then honestly, because I think, I think they just didn't know what to do with him for a while, like for a good year or two. And then after Onslaught, uh, we get a couple big things that happen in the X-Men storyline that you get uh, Operation Zero Tolerance. And because Onslaught was a mutant power, although in reality, I don't know how like the, the, people at large knew it was a mutant person uh, yeah i don't know because it's not like it was like behold my mutant hand he said behold my mighty hand that was his whole thing he was just a bad guy like effectively no one should know that it was a mutant regardless he caused this chain chain of events that that essentially resulted in multiple nations uh kind of giving free reign to this paramilitary organization called operation zero tolerance led by bastion who really long story short is apparently uh, half nimrod half master mold something like that i didn't read the story arc of what they when they explained what he was but he's a problem he's a problem so anyway operation zero tolerance happens in the meantime so like right before that kicks off a good chunk of the x-men like i think five or six members including trish toby for some damn reason uh end up jumping on being sent essentially to shiar space because the phalanx are invading the shiar and they need help and for whatever reason i've read the I've read the, 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 the Imperial Guard arc. There was like a three-issue miniseries. They were sent to Earth for reasons. Yeah, apparently the Imperial Guard couldn't be involved. And that was, I felt, really stupid. But what are you going to do? So, I think, honestly, I think what happened was they were like, oh, we want to do this Shi'ar story. And editorial was like, oh, we're, we're actually about to do an Imperial Guard miniseries. And they were like, oh, shit. Uh, we're just going to tell them... We're just going to say that they were told by the Empress that they can't help in this event and they need to send the X-Men. Yeah, that's what we'll do to kind of get around this. Because the, the Imperial Guard storyline is a three-issue miniseries and there was no mention of it. There's no mention of like, hey, we're under attack so you guys should go explore Earth and figure out how to be people. Like, that's fucking stupid. No, I think it was just like editorial decided to do one thing and then you kind of had to just figure it out. So... Anyway, the X-Men get sent to space, uh, including Joseph, who had just done kind of the unthinkable. Uh, and also, now that I now that I think about it, what the hell happened to that Xenox chamber? He had just kissed Rogue, and he had done that by uh, transporting the Xenox chamber, which, again, very long story short, was a chamber that Xavier used to shield his presence from an alien species that was going to invade Earth if they sensed that he was there. Um, I don't remember if they actually said how he knew they were coming, but now if you're reading House of X, Powers of X, uh, we know how he knew. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, he reconstructed the Xenox chamber in order to be able to kiss Rogue as like a Christmas thing. Um, and, but he kissed her on the forehead, not, not, not like crazy or anything. They were like hinting at it like because like back in the Jim Lee Claremont days, they had a thing in Savage Land. But that did not go anywhere really. They, she, stuck with, she stuck with Gambit. Uh, somewhat anyway long story short they go they save the shiar they come back they are their ship is 
it's weird it's like a really weird again perfect storm of events that like if it's not orchestrated you gotta really give me some more information like how did it happen anyway they encounter this gigantic ship like five ten times the size of their vessel and they they get hit they just essentially it's like sideswipes them and they're a fucking bug on a windshield at that point the big ship doesn't give a damn it was heading for earth i don't think that was ever ever resolved so i'm still afraid of this giant ship coming to earth <laughs> but uh i don't know how but they are then forcibly pulled into what it turns out to be the antarctic or the no, it was the Antarctic. Um, uh, and they are forcibly pulled there by what turns out to be, uh, long story short, Trial of Gambit, which is also behind me, uh, what turns out to be Magneto. But like a dark, cruel, evil Magneto. And my thought right there, right? Like my thought was like, oh, that's super fucking cool, right? Because like they fell through, or they, like he was knocked out, he was fucked up. He fell from, from Asteroid M, the Asteroid M hit the magnetosphere. And my thought was like comic books, right? He was split positive and negative, right? Mag magnetics, right? Polar polarization, right? That was my thought. I mean, I was a kid when this happened, so this, but I still feel that this is a better solution than what they ended up resolving it with. Anyway, you see that this is Magneto. Magneto is like twisted and dark, and in the next year, uh, in a few shots, uh, I think written by Joe Kelly in the X-Men book, which was like right around the time when they like, the, they like split off. So maybe they were gonna go down that route. I, I don't know, I, I don't think, Joe Kelly or Steve Siegel were around when they finally resolved that story arc. Uh, but anyway, in the main X-Men book, after they come back from space, after they resolve the whole Magneto thing, uh, Gambit is left out in the dark and they come back to this like year of roughing it. Operation Zero Tolerance wiped out the, the school. It's, it's bare bones. It's like, it's boards and, and walls. Like there's nothing there. Like uh, there, there's a great scene in X-Men 70 where Wolverine says that the place smells of antiseptic nothing. Like, they went molecular. <laughs> like, they cleaned the fuck up. Uh, and in Uncanny 1, no, 361, yeah, I think it's 361 or 362, uh, they're, they're fucking around. They're like, I might as well fucking enjoy life. You know, let's chill out at the, at the lake. Because the Xavier property is fucking enormous. Uh, and apparently there's a lake in the back. And they're, they're fucking around. And then uh, <laughs> and Iceman freezes the lake. And turns out there's a fucking blackbird under there. So they're like, oh shit, we have a fucking plane. This is dope. But it's like the original blackbird. So it's like low end, low tech, nothing, you know, no interstellar travel, no, no, uh, out of orbit travel or anything. No, you know, no, like faster than light shit or whatever the fuck the, you know, the SR 71 had been, uh, or I'm sorry, the SR 77, the SR 71 is what they find supposedly doesn't look like a fucking SRS-71. I, I, I know blackbirds. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but I give Chris Bacalo like a lot of leeway because I love his shit. But anyway, during that whole roughing it era, uh, Magneto shows up in like um, C-plot, little kind of flow, flow of stuff where uh, Sabra, who had previously shown up in X-Men and uh, Hulk, is an Israeli Mossad agent. She's a mutant. She has, from what I can tell telepathy and telekinesis and like strength and vulnerability and flight uh, maybe not telekinesis but i think she definitely has telepathy um but definitely in vulnerability and flight um she's very good in a fight she also showed up during operation zero, zero tolerance to help um Iceman and cecilia reyes who um i wish they put out that new mutants movie because she's in that 
She's one of my favorite X-Men ever. Anyway, she shows up kind of throughout the world and she's hunting for Magneto and finds Joseph. You know, they have a fight and she's like, you ain't him. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't the guy I've been hunting. Like, you're, the way you're acting, what you're doing, like, you're trying to protect me. Like, you're trying to fight me, but you're not trying to hurt me. And she's like, you, you're not him. And he's like, let me join you. And then basically they disappear. Like, they never fucking show up again. I don't even think Sabra is involved in the Magneto War storyline, uh, which happens, I think, at least a year later. Like, another year of stuff happens. Xavier shows up again. They, he had been kidnapped from, from, from prison because he had essentially... He turned himself in because he was involved in Onslaught. And unbeknownst to the X-Men, during the Onslaught saga, he had been... Or during the Operation Zero Tolerance saga, he had been uh, taken away from that facility under the care of Bastion. A really, really long story. And then there's the Cerebro War, which was a great, great arc. Really cool concept where Cerebro gains sentience and he's kind of like, fuck y'all. Uh, but he also creates a essentially holographic like he finds a new team of x-men posing as xavier and clones slash maybe creates holograms of them it's really hard to tell because uh in the second issue he decides like well fuck this uh, they didn't do they didn't do their job now I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the fight to them myself and like destroys the originals which is sad because i really liked a lot of those characters and i i feel like there's a way to bring those back i feel like you could storyline those back into the arcs uh, you find that like the Cerebro, like, I don't know, backup pit and they're, they're in there or something. I don't know. I really like those characters. Coming out of that is where we get into the, uh, Magneto War storyline. Uh, essentially Magneto, uh, shows up and he's like, he goes to a construction site and he's like, I'm gonna give y'all one last fucking chance. And he talks to just like average Joe and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, what about mutants and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, hey, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're telling me. And he says, like, basically, like, one word triggers him or one phrase triggers him. And he just, like, loses his shit and he starts, like, powering up and, like, floating and fucking throwing shit around. And he's like, he's like, are, are you scared now? And he's like, of course I'm fucking scared. Are you kidding me? Like, you're fucking, you're insane. You're nuts if you think somebody wouldn't be afraid in this moment right now. And essentially the whole thing is a ploy for Magneto to get uh, Genosha. Essentially, the, he, he's asking the UN to give him the island of Genosha to to cede its government to Magneto and he does this enormous uh display of power and in the meantime Joseph finds this woman I don't care I don't care what her fucking name was because they say she was a member of the the brotherhood the original brotherhood like from the 60s she wasn't she wasn't fucking there she's not a fucking factor it was like the dumbest fucking retcon Anyway, it turns out this woman was really mad at Magneto because he didn't treat her right because he didn't treat anybody fucking right in the 60s. And due to that, was essentially like biding her time this whole time and decided to make a clone of Magneto to kill Magneto. But then like Magneto in like a desperation move threw a chunk of metal at him and uh, knocked him out. And that apparently made him lose his memory of who he was. Turns out he's a clone. And what the fuck? Are you serious? Oh, he's a clone, but he 
to save uh, the, the Earth's magnetosphere. He sacrifices himself, you know, hero's death, all that good stuff. And then he's kind of forgotten. I, he's, he was brought up recently and I don't, I feel like there was something like almost like a, ever since Joseph came back and I was like, what the fuck? But then nothing of it, nothing came of it. Nothing was brought up. I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's an arc or, or a book I haven't read that maybe I'm missing something, but I've, I've looked into like the wikis and the stuff and I can't find it. But I, I know I read a mention of Joseph coming back in some way i'd love to know how because i liked i liked having a, a pure good magneto essentially like um <laughs> uh, i just really liked the idea of maybe turn like if that had been i would love to sit down with joe kelly and steve siegel who i think those were the two if memory serves those were the two who who came up with that character i would love to sit down with them and be like what was the ultimate goal for this was the goal that he was a clone because if it was you coming out with that in 1995 when the spider clone was going around and the entire spider-man office was like out of their minds just trying to scramble how to fix the whole fucking thing because nobody liked where it was going the first time then they changed it nobody liked where it was going that time then they changed it the fuck again like it was this like three four left turns until they finally figured out to come back around and ah oh, peter was the fucking spider-man the whole time no, he was sick with clone degeneration, but he really wasn't sick with clone degeneration because he wasn't a clone. I, yeah, anyway, that's what I'm saying. Clone fucking shit is stupid. Clone shit is stupid. So when they were like, he's a clone, I literally read the book and I was like, really? Like, a fucking clone? That's so fucking dumb. I, I wanted a different way to end that. I wanted a stronger finish for that. Yeah, he has a hero's death and that's cool and all, but if you just say, hey, he's actually a, the, the polar opposite of Magneto, and that's why Magneto's so aggressive, and that's why he's trying to like take over Genosha and shit. So essentially what happens is Magneto does this whole big show of power, essentially is almost spent. Like he could be knocked out by fucking Kitty Pride at this point. But fucking Beak could take this guy out at this point, and, who hadn't been invented yet. But the fucking uh, a, a woman who I think was a was a magistrate previously, but was a representative in the UN somehow. Uh, I forget her name. Yep, forget her name. Uh, she shows up in the Antarctic uh, and says, "Yo, don't fuck us up anymore. Here's the paperwork." And it was kind of like, "Cool, yeah, I'm not gonna fuck you up anymore because I could, I could, I could do it, but you guys gave in to my demands, so I'm not, I'm not gonna." Essentially, like, that's essentially what happens. And then for a couple years, you get this whole fucking situation where Magneto is acting. He's just acting. Like, he's, he's, um, he pretends that he's at full power. He has, uh, Cortez, who has already proven to be not trustworthy, not loyal, and a backstabber. He has Cortez, like, regularly power him up to, for, he can act, like, real. And then after the 12 storyline, he realizes that Lorna is a compatible power set that he could like use her power to boost his own or control her power or some shit like that. Essentially, he says, hey, why don't you come back to my place and we hang out? But not in that way, because thank God they didn't do that, because it turns out she's his daughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so which, is, which makes sense then why her power is compatible or whatever the fuck. There's a, <clears throat> there's a cricket in my house. And I'm hearing it because I'm not downstairs, so it's it's going off like like it fucking owns the place. Can't find it though. <laughs> Tangents. <laughs> In order for Magneto War to have a impactful ending for me, um, 
outside, I mean, the actual Magneto arc of that is not bad. Um, not a fan of Magneto shows like his incredible power set and then is like super depowered and now is like kind of worthless. Um, not, not a big fan of that. They did that to Nate Gray as well. Um, Nate Gray got to this like ridiculous power level at the end of X-Men, uh, became part of the planet. And then I just read Dark X-Men and to fucking save my life, I don't know how they brought him back. He essentially reconstituted himself. Whatever. Um, he reconstituted, at I think, at full power, but then was essentially immediately... Oh, that's where it was. He was he was uh, he was imprisoned by Hammer and, and Osborne and all of them, and was essentially once Hammer fell apart, was just left in this fucking facility. And Sugarman took over and forced him to try to get him back to the Age of Apocalypse. And in the process of that, in the process of uh, granting people powers and all this other dumb shit, um, he he essentially burned out and was like low level telekinesis like psychometry like he had he had gone down to like really low power set uh and then when he after the new mutant story arc even though they really called back to that new mutant story arc most recently x-men showed up in age of x-men like built this perfect universe and also as his conscience conscience essentially built uh included a uh, a psychic manifestation of danny moonstar who had been like uh, romantically involved with him during the New Mutants run. So I was actually kind of salty that, like, they, they like, really didn't explain. Because he, like, showed up during other stuff. Like, he showed up during the uh, X-Men versus uh, uh, Avengers. Uh, like, he showed up, and he was, like, in bits and pieces. But he was kind of like, oh, shit, a background character. <laughs> uh, just like uh, Adam X. Adam X had, like, a couple spotlights in the 90s. And he's still there. Like, he's still around. But... He just kind of shows up every once in a while. Back to my point. Magneto War was a fucking shit show. The real thing, the re the real thing, I mean, the real the reality I wanted to talk about was was Joseph. The the, the end for the Joseph arc, um, just really fucking disappointing. Really, truly fucking disappointing. I I mean, coming out of really coming out of two of the strongest story arcs in X Men history. Um, Although I think the current house power of X really, really climbing the charts quickly for me. Um, but Fatal Attractions, Age of Apocalypse, two of the greatest story arcs in X-Men history. To come out of that and create this new character and then just to throw away it with, ah, he's a clone. You know, he's a clone of, from a spiteful, like, former employee, basically. I'm like, eh, I guess... I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's going to be it for this one. Um, write better stories, motherfuckers. Write better stories. Fucking come up with better, like, just stick to your guns. I feel like it was going in a better direction. And then just, and Magneto War was like the, the fizzle out at the end of a, a dud TNT break. You know, like, it's, it's going and you think it's going to fucking pop and nothing happens. Yep, that was going to be it for this one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on all the platforms uh, for podcasts. Uh, we are on YouTube, T3G Tangents. Check out the main channel on T3G, uh, T3G Media, youtube.com slash T3G Media, uh, T3G.media. Um, I keep saying for like three years, I've been saying that we're going we're to put more stuff on the website. Uh, I am uh, 
coming up with some ideas. Uh, it's just a matter of time and execution, uh, mostly execution. Uh, let's, be, let's be serious. Let's be honest. It's all about execution. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it for this one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.